Hello, I'm Laura Castleton, U.S. Head of Portfolio Construction and Strategy at Janice Henderson Investors. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. It's in candy and tea and your face cream, CBD, cannabidiol. The market for the popular cannabis product has exploded in the past two years. Some industry reports predict the CBD market will top $23 billion by 2023. And everyone wants to get in on it, including China. Uh, so in total, how much uh, cannabis do you grow here? But China has a very complicated relationship with cannabis. Hemp has been used for centuries to make textiles, but China's strict drug laws mean that possessing or trafficking cannabis can lead to severe punishment. So how did China become one of the world's leading CBD producers? And how is that going to impact the future of the industry? From The Wall Street Journal, this is the future of everything. I'm Kateri Yokum. Today, our reporter Stephanie Yang is going to take us on a journey through China's hemp and CBD industry. It's all coming up after the break. Enter a revolutionary business world where AI meets power with Intel Core Ultra and Intel vPro. Imagine PCs that boost productivity, creativity, and collaboration with cutting-edge AI. They're gateways to innovation, engineered with powerful AI performance, hardware-based security, and AI-powered threat detection. Plus, they're built sustainably and can be managed remotely. Transform your workflow with Intel Core Ultra and Intel vPro today. No product can be absolutely secure. Become an IT hero at intel.com slash IT heroes. My name is Stephanie Yang. I'm a reporter based in our Beijing bureau for The Wall Street Journal, and I write about natural resources. How did you come to be interested in CBD in China? Yeah, so actually I moved to Beijing last summer and before I left, I had a friend in the U.S. who had mentioned, you know, oh, did you know that China is one of the world's largest producers of cannabis? And I had not known that. And I think a lot of people don't actually know that. Can you just explain the difference between CBD, THC, cannabis, hemp, all these different words? Sure. It's it's a little bit confusing, and I, I had a time figuring it out myself when I first started reporting this. But basically, cannabis is the overarching name for the plant. And then underneath the cannabis umbrella, you have industrial cannabis or hemp, which does not have high levels of the molecules that would actually get you high. Um, and that's used more for textiles and for rope and for things like that. And then you also have the drug component, you know, that you have the THC extract which is the psychoactive ingredient in marijuana. And then you also have this emerging trend of CBD, which, you know, if you've, you know, walked around New York or Brooklyn or, you know, lots of other areas, they have these stores or even looked online, you can find basically anything with CBD in it now. And what CBD is, is it's the, it's another extract from the cannabis plant that provides supposedly uh, pain relief, anxiety relief, helps you sleep. And so it's more of like the relaxant part of marijuana that they're now marketing and extracting separately. So you followed up on that tip from your friend. And not long ago, you took a trip into two different areas in China that grow hemp. 
and they seem to be very different even though they grow the same crop. So the two places that we went to were the Heilongjiang province, which is northern China, uh, closer to the Russia border. And the other place was Yunnan, which has a much milder climate and it's south, closer to the Himalayas. We wanted to get a sense of, you know, what people were doing differently from different locations, since it really is only legal to be growing industrial cannabis in these two provinces right now. And Heilongjiang is the most recent one to adopt this. Basically, they saw, you know, what they were doing down in Yunnan and thought, you know, this this seems really interesting and it seems like it's earning them a lot of money. And I think Chinese farmers are always looking for ways to reinvigorate and transform the agricultural industry. And so they picked this up and they've been growing for the past couple of years. And you were there at the very tail end of the harvest, which happens by hand. So what's going on here? This looks very different than the cannabis plant's over there that haven't been harvested yet. So one of the main differences between Chinese hemp and U.S. is that they grow it much taller here because, you know, while the U.S. is focused uh, more uh, right now on developing CBD and THC and and high concentrations of those in plants, uh, China has a long history of using hemp for cloth and for textiles. And so they need to grow the stalks really long. And that makes it harder for them to harvest by machine. So a lot of this has to be done by hand with these large scythes. So farmers go in to the fields and they, they cut down each stalk and then bundle them up. Does it smell the same way that we would kind of expect it to smell? It smells stronger here. Why is that? So I think if I was walking past this field, I wouldn't know that they were growing cannabis because it doesn't smell the way you would think if you smell marijuana or, you know, you walk into one of these shops. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, I really get that smell from it. Yeah, yeah. It's very fresh and fragrant, kind of sweet and fruity in a way. That's very interesting. And it also has very different smells at each stage of the production process. So, you know, when it's growing, it smells very fresh and fruity and herbal while it's being planted and growing and hasn't yet been harvested. And then, you know, after they cut it down and they bundle it up and they leave it in the field to dry, it starts to smell a little bit different. Can I pick a leaf? Yeah, that's really strong. And then when you have it in the powder form or in the fully dried form, in the factory, it's a lot muskier. China's been the wild, wild west for a long time. Jonathan Bench is an international business attorney at Harris Bricken. I've recently styled myself as the as the firm's international cannabis lawyer with a focus on China because I have the Chinese and I have the cannabis background as well. He says it hasn't been easy for farmers to make the switch. Using cannabis in China is illegal, and even growing hemp had been restricted until very recently. The government officials have have been okay looking the other way because uh, eventually that that goes into products that get exported. The foreign dollars come back to China, and China's economy can continue to grow. So China has gone back and forth about how smart of a policy that is to permit local growth and export the export economy to grow at the expense of what is technically illegal in the country. So China has very strict drug laws because of their history with opium. The Chinese Communist Party, and I'll probably use the acronym CCP more than I'll use the whole name. So the CCP in China is 
is everywhere. The CCP is always going to dictate how much social stigma applies to hemp growing, to deriving CBD and other cannabinoids from hemp, and whether or not they can grow marijuana, which is hemp that is above the 0.3% THC threshold. And then kind of generally how CBD and other cannabinoids and cannabis generally will be seen in the Chinese culture. So it's very much of a top-down planning in the government from economic to, uh, to social issues like hemp and marijuana. China's Narcotics Commission last, I believe last April, said that, you know, in response to this, we're actually, we're going to get stricter. We're going to make sure that, you know, everyone who's producing cannabis within the country is following the rules. So China's very unique in that right now, all the CBD that it's producing is actually for export. So we, uh, we went to one of the extraction factories of one of these companies that grows cannabis. What's going on here? They ship it over to the factory uh, once it's dry and they ground it into a powder. They mix it with alcohol and some other components and turn it into this paste. And they take it into this secret room that they actually wouldn't let us go into. Okay. Uh, what about over there? Then the end product is this tiny little vial of white powder or yellow powder or a mix between powder and oil. And they all have different levels of CBD content within them. You had to like wear these special clothing and there was, it seemed like there was a lot of to do at this factory, more than you would kind of expect of a similar factory in the United States. Right. Yeah. It was, it was a little bit of a process. I had to put on all of this protective gear. You know, they wouldn't let me in without wearing my helmet and the lab coat and the covers over my sneakers. And then when you get in there, there are some rooms where it's, it's really noisy. And there are security cameras everywhere. So, you know, when you walk in, in all the rooms that all feed into a central monitoring area that's, you know, also within the building. Why are the cameras everywhere? So I think that's another part of, uh, you know, the security measures uh, put in place on this industry. And so it's, it's basically, you know, all these cameras feed in. And, and so you can see every step of the process to make sure that, you know, the THC is burned, you know, all of the plants and the CBD is accounted for. And actually, uh, the, one of the managers there told us that the local police station said that, you know, they would conduct drug tests, urine tests on the, uh, on the workers uh, periodically. And so far, it sounded like they hadn't done that yet because they were securing, you know, what they were seeing through the cameras and the footage. But it's just because, you know, it's, it's, a, very, it, it's a very security intensive uh, business to be in. Is that normal for China? I mean, I, I think people might ask the question if that's just kind of what a Chinese factory looks like, or is this really specific to, to CBD and, and hemp products? This is pretty specific to CBD. I haven't, I haven't checked out a lot of factories, other factories in China yet, but you know, there was a lot, there was a lot of emphasis uh, on security and, and cameras when we went to go visit. The CBD that they're making in this factory, are they using it in China or where's it going? So you actually can't consume CBD within China. It's technically illegal. So, you know, there are some products out there, I think, with CBD in, in cosmetics. So it kind of raises the question of, you know, are you consuming it if you put it on your skin rather than, you know, eating or drinking it? I think that that's a little bit of a gray area that is, is allowed. But right now, the CBD market within China is basically non-existent. 
One of my favorite parts of your story, though, is the fact that one of these beauty product creators, his company branding actually has CBD all over the box, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. We actually counted. We picked up one of the boxes of this lotion, had like CBD three or four times on it. So how much CBD is in one of these? Uh, but the thing is, there's there's no CBD actually in it. They have hemp extract, which isn't quite the same thing as CBD. It doesn't have any CBD. Is that misleading? But when we asked him about it, he said, you know, basically CBD is our logo. So there's not, it doesn't mean that there's CBD in the product. Uh, it's just the way that they brand. All of this security really speaks to how the market for CBD is so restricted in China. I guess my question is, if there are companies who are already branding their products with CBD on them, are they expecting China to change? Are they expecting China to open up more? I think that's the hope for a lot of them, because, you know, if you look at the global picture right now, the U.S. is also growing a lot more cannabis and a lot more CBD. And from what I heard from people here, I think that their research facilities are more suited towards growing strains with uh, with higher CBD content so they can extract more. But I think China's big advantage, aside from, you know, having cheap processing and cheap labor costs is if the market does open up here and consuming CBD is is legal, they already have this foothold in this giant consumer market. So I think that's what a lot of them are betting on. International lawyer Jonathan Bench says changing domestic laws and taboos about CBD will have to happen top down, but it may be easier to convince the market than it would seem. So I think that Chinese medicine is very prominent in China, obviously, and it's, uh, you know, they use herbs, they use things that come out of the ground and certainly hemp qualifies for that. And so I think that the, as China continues to raise its educational awareness and ease up on the stigma, the taboo that's associated with what they might consider drug use and using the, the hemp plant or the marijuana plant, I think that there are some barriers to overcoming that and to increase the local market for consumption. But I think that this CBD especially and other cannabinoids certainly fit the bill of fit within the framework of the natural Chinese products in, in Chinese medicine. And I could see that they could increase their domestic consumption quite a bit. Stephanie Yang says there are already subtle signs of a shift in attitude about CBD and other cannabis products. There's even a third province that's, uh, you know, in the process of legalizing cannabis production. It's, it's really been helped by this new trend that we're seeing where everyone is really obsessed with CBD products. So I think that that's given a, a lot of lift to this industry within China. And young people are seeing that all over the world, right? Right. I think that they're aware of of CBD becoming more popular. And, you know, it's not just in the U.S., it's even closer to home, like in Hong Kong and other areas in Asia is where it could become really big as well. That was Beijing-based Wall Street Journal reporter Stephanie Yang. The Future of Everything is a production of The Wall Street Journal. This episode was reported by Stephanie Yang and Clement Burge, with help from Binyan Wang and Sharon Shi. Stephanie Ilgenfritz is the editorial director of The Future of Everything. Our technical director is Jacob Gorski. Janet Babin is our senior producer. I'm Kateri Yoakum. Thanks for listening. 
Enter a revolutionary business world where AI meets power with Intel Core Ultra and Intel vPro. Imagine PCs that boost productivity, creativity, and collaboration with cutting-edge AI. They're gateways to innovation, engineered with powerful AI performance, hardware-based security, and AI-powered threat detection. Plus, they're built sustainably and can be managed remotely. Transform your workflow with Intel Core Ultra and Intel vPro today. No product can be absolutely secure. Become an IT hero at intel.com slash ITHeroes.